During the Clone Wars, as the sinister Darth Sidious was manipulating both the Galactic Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems as part of a millennium-old grand plan to destroy the Jedi and leave the galaxy under the control of the Sith, his former apprentice, Maul, was attempting to supplant his former master by creating a criminal underworld empire of his own. In order to be a challenge to both sides, Maul was able to unite the exile Mandalorian extremist group known as the Death Watch. He did this with powerful criminal organizations such as Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, and the Hutt Clan under his leadership in a consortium that came to be known as the Shadow Collective. With their combined wealth and resources, the Shadow Collective was able to conquer the neutral world of Mandalore and utilize it as their stronghold against both the Separatists and the Republic. Kind of like this third party, this third entity. However, Members of Death Watch, who refused to kneel to Maul's leadership, formed a resistance group that threatened the Darksiders' position in the Underworld. Then the Hutt Clan left the Shadow Collective, and when the Pike Syndicate and Black Sun found a lack of significant enough returns on their investment, they too followed suit. Then, after some time, the Mandalorian Resistance Group finally received aid from the Jedi and the Republic to help them free their planet from Maul's rule. The former Sith Lord was forced to go into hiding, as Darth Sidious's plans took fruit and the Republic was reorganized into the Galactic Empire. However, despite Maul's defeat, he had established himself as a figure of note in the criminal underworld, and he still saw an opportunity within that environment to rebuild his base and rise to power once more, through a new criminal enterprise called Crimson Dawn. Now initially, before being reorganized, Crimson Dawn were a band of thugs and mercenaries that traveled from planet to planet, where they enjoyed brutalizing the natives as they took whatever resources they desired for them. As was exemplified when the criminal organization decided to raid the desert planet of Severine for another precious resource that they wanted, the natives refused to bow down to them, and they rose up to fight. As a result of this, the Crimson Dawn cut out the tongues of every single man, woman, and child that they could get their hands on. By the time of the Empire, Maul had been able to regroup and organize Crimson Dawn into a much larger criminal enterprise that often clashed with Imperial security. After his defeat at Mandalore, the ex-Sith Lord was able to convince some of his former Shadow Collective allies to join up with him as Crimson Dawn. And as he had done when he had become the Mandalore, ruler of the Mandalorian people, Maul decided once again to rule from the shadows, rather than become the public leader and figure of his reorganized Crimson Dawn. Though unlike the Shadow Collective, this time, most of the underling rank and files did not report to him directly. In fact, few even knew his identity. Maul would instead utilize a figurehead to serve as the instruments of his will and desires. The most prominent of these frontmen being the human male Dryden Voss that we saw in Solo. The mark that Crimson Dawn left on the galaxy could still be felt after Maul's death at the hands of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine in Rebels. In fact, in the years following the Battle of Endor, during the formative years of the New Republic, many of the criminal organizations that sprouted up had evolved in some part from Crimson Dawn, and the Underworld Syndicate still wielded significant amounts of power. In order to combat Crimson Dawn and other such criminal groups, the New Republic Galactic Senate re-established the law enforcement agency known as Sector Rangers to deal with them. However, Crimson Dawn was able to thrive as one of the deadliest and most powerful syndicates around because the New Republic 
was, at the time, only a mere fraction the size of the Galactic Empire. But as the war continued between both galactic governments, the Empire was eventually defeated and Crimson Dawn's influence diminished with it. Although, I will say this, through the decades following the Empire's fall, they were still active. Even if noteworthy underworld residents such as the human Razu Kinfi, who was a lieutenant in the notorious criminal organization Kenji Club, and the brilliant cryptanalyst and renowned gambler known as the Master Codebreaker, considered Crimson Dawn to be a relic of the past. Hope you enjoyed this synopsis of Crimson Dawn and Darth Maul's involvement with it. Makes me wonder if we're going to see any remnants of Crimson Dawn in the Book of Boba, since we're going to be covering a lot of stuff with the underworld of the galaxy now that Boba has taken the throne of Jabba the Hutt. Or should I say, Bib Fortuna. Catch you in the next one, everyone. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Fulfill your destiny.